This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHI certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. The summer solstice has officially brought us the long days of summer. Man, I'm loving it too. And this is the perfect time to start a new project for. You know, finish one that you started during the early days of social distancing. If you want to join the conversation with us this morning, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email uh, to uh, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How's everybody this morning? Man, I'm great. I'm telling you, I wish people could see you, Jason, just sporting that. Lovely white bandana. That's fantastic. Dig that. That's a, you know, I look like I'm going to rob banks when I go into places now. I feel kind of cool. Hey, it, look, it, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Put your mask on and walk in the bank. I love it. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking uh, very dapper today with my bandana. So, so what are You're you You're looking great. What are you guys working on this morning? Well, I actually wanted to start with a question for Jeff. I've found some interesting things on home inspections uh, dealing with metal roofs. And I, I just had a couple of questions. You, you ready, Jeff? We need a sure. bum, bum, bum. So, all right, well, go it ahead. has to do with, you know, we could talk about ventilation in on roofs. But I've been in a couple of attics recently with a metal roof on it. And there's a bunch of leaves and debris right underneath the ridge vent. Mm. And I think what's happening is because there's no resistance on that metal roof. Whenever we're having these, you know, these great storms, it's literally pushing the leaves up the roof and then down into the attic. And I'm wondering, is there a solution to that? Yeah, that's very possible. Um, Wow. Uh, You know, it's... an that's, no a, of, that's a new one. No sort of um, screen or anything like that that's ever been considered? If not, then that idea is mine and someone's got to pay me for it. So. Right. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I can, I can definitely see how that could happen, especially on the windward side of the roof, that it, yeah. would, would, it would blow debris up in that vent cap. Is it a lot of and stuff, it wasn't Pam? a small amount. I'm telling you, it was like two or three inches of leaves about 18 inches wide straight down that ridge and it was in two different attics you know what that makes me think pam is that is that uh the leaves are are one concern but critters that come on leaves are also another concern well yeah yeah so i didn't know if and i was trying to google it and looking i thought i'm just gonna ask jeff if there's some type of whenever you're venting that metal, if you can, because I know on a regular asphalt when they put that ridge vent up there, it's basically encapsulated. It's got screen built-in screening, but I'm guessing on the metal roof it doesn't. Tell us, old sage. You no, know, I've never, I've never even thought about that, Pam. Um, I mean, that's something to think about. It really is because that that definitely can happen. Well, if we, um, have, if we have a roof guy listening 
who has done this, installed this specifically or not, call us 877-MPB-RING. Hey, guys, we've already got a couple of calls on the line. You want to go to them? Here we oh, go. Yeah. Is that a question to me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to calls. No, let's, let's just take a break. Let's don't do it right now. Right, well, right. we don't want to answer any questions. Yeah, whatever. Right. All right, Drew's on the line. On the line. On the line in Jackson. What's going on, Drew? All right, I need y'all to educate me and settle a, a question between my wife and me. Sorry, wrong show. All right. So, you lost, Drew. <laughs> yeah, she's well, right. You just need to know that. that she's right. That may be true. She usually is, but I'm rarely wrong. So I think it's going to work out. Um, all right, so we moved into a house that was built in the 60s, and it's one of these mid-century modern split-level houses. So our living room has this big vaulted ceiling. Um, it's about 16 feet at the peak, and it's got a ceiling fan. And somewhere I have decided that it's very important for the fan to stay on so the air doesn't get stagnant at the top. Okay. All right. But my wife's question is, why does it have to stay on? Like, what happens if there is stagnant air up there? Now, she does know that running a ceiling fan is probably one of the most efficient things you can do in a home. Even keeping it on all the time really doesn't use that much electricity, right? You right. started so, with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So her <laughs> objection to it is that it blows hot air from the ceiling down into the sitting area. Really? Are we going to go into ceiling fans again today? Okay. Uh, well, hey, hey, Drew, I, I can I can answer this for you uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Years and years ago, I bought a rent house before I got in the building business, had a vaulted ceiling, and we kept getting uh, microbial growth of blackish on the okay. on up in the peak and I, i'm so i called a builder buddy of mine and i said man what in the world's going on i don't have a roof leak blah 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 blah. he sure. came over and looked at it and he said jeff it's real simple install a ceiling fan and run the fan you've got stagnant air um up in that vault and and, okay. and that's exactly you're exactly right leave that fan running there you go Drew. tell All her right. that you're saving her home for her that's right that's right <laughs> Right. No, that's great. Okay, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Drew, if you want, hey, are, are you in agreement with that? This too. Yeah. Well, think about this too. And I tell folks all the time that might not be the case if you live north of Memphis, but in yeah, sure. Mississippi, but yeah. 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 our moisture, our indoor air moisture, is so high. That dew point is so high. That if yeah. we don't dry that out, we're going to have problems. In a vaulted ceiling, you just can't put air conditioning up there because if you did, it would actually start sweating. So the ceiling fan okay. is the best option. There you go. All right. All right, Great. Drew. Thanks a lot. All right. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Let's uh, keep on going. We've got a full list here. Shirley's on the line in Starkville, and uh, she has microbial growth on the outside of her home. Uh, so, you with us, Shirley? Uh, I'm here, and, you know, before I lived here, I lived in Oxford and uh, built a home here in Starkville, and it's the same thing. This moist, warm air in the south causes this mildew on the outside of your house, like right. up near the soffit and fascia, uh, 
and on the dormers, and I have a very light paint on the house. So uh-huh. uh, my question is this. Okay, I've, I've had it pressure washed. That's what I was told to do. And I'm wondering uh, if I have the house pressure washed every time that mildew collects on the uh, exterior of the house, will it will the pressure washing eventually um, cause me to have a you know to need a, another paint job? What kind of siding do you have? I have hardy hardy board. Okay, okay, hardy board, and you've been told to pressure wash it. Um, I think we're going to pull back on the pressure washing thing to start with. Uh, but I will let our pros take it from there. Guys, what do you think she should do about this hardy bore siding house that's getting a little mold on it? I see to Jeff. I got to tell you it's mildew. Story about it. It's mildew. Okay, gotcha. Mildew, not mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is mildew. Uh, to answer your question, Yes, the more water and pressure you put on a painted surface, the, the quicker you're going to paint that surface. Um, it, oh, excuse me. Gosh, gosh. Hang on. That um, happens sometimes. He's I important. Thought, I'm sorry. I thought I had that off. Um, yes, the more that you wash, the, the, the you, you are washing off a little bit of that paint each time. It sounds like you, is your house. It doesn't get much sunlight, does it? Are, are you like yeah. in a little wooded type area, ma'am? No, 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 no. And neither was my home in Oxford. I mean, uh, it was uh, this house faces north. The house I had in Oxford faced southeast. Um, and I mean, it's not a whole bunch of it. But in fact, I called this show about a year ago and was told to get it pressure washed. There you go. I'm not I'm not telling you not to pressure wash it. Now your question was every time I pressure wash it, does that does that harm the paint? The answer to that question is yes. I never said not to pressure wash it. I think um, what, what she's referring I, to, Jeff, I, I was going to refer her to more of a uh, more of a house wash solution. Uh, yeah. I, I like a brush. I don't like a pressure washer. If I'm pressure washing my flat work, many of my concrete sidewalks, driveway, patios, I like a pressure washer. I like a brush and a water hose on my house. I don't like to drive, you know, 3,200 PSI pressure onto my house at all, anywhere. Brick, siding, soffit, anything like that. I like a brush. And a water hose. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how come you got so much um, uh, well, growth on It's not a lot of it. I, I just like dislike the unsightliness on my dormers. Sure. That, I understand. Yeah. Well, so it's it not all over too, the whole Shirley. house. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pam. Well, what I was hearing you say, Shirley, is that the house is... You, you're now due north, so you're, you're facing north. So when you come up to the front of the house, you're seeing this, which is, yeah. you know, I mean, you just don't want to be, you don't want to see it. And and so my question would be, how important is it? <laughs> because in the south, 
on the north side of a property, I see it all the time, the mildew growth. And it's just because you're not getting as much sun there, more sun on Saturday because of the solstice and the sun was up in the northern hemisphere. But then it's going to go back down south and you're going to have a lot of shade on that side. And it almost like the, the question we had before, our dew point is so high and it, when you get a high dew point, a lot of air moisture with dust or dirt or what we have outside, you're going to have that. There's just no way. I don't know of a chemical that's out there that's going to prevent that. So I would actually think about what else can I put my energy toward that will make a difference? <laughs> well, I can tell you, Shirley, each year, each year I have to go out to the north side of my home, which is also the front. And okay. I I have to take um, uh, I I usually use some kind of diluted uh, house wash. They they make a couple of different ways of this. It's stuff that's basically got a little bit of bleach in it. You can smell it when you put it on there. You can smell that little bit of bleach. But uh, you spray it on uh, very light with you know just a regular sprayer, and then you wash it off with a hose about four minutes later, and it's going to look a ton better. I do it once a year in the spring when it really starts to kick off. Now, it doesn't prevent it from happening the next year, but it's not a difficult procedure to get it off there this year. So, maybe. Okay, I have my home beautifully landscaped. Uh huh. And so the the bleach idea bothers me because I I don't want to destroy um, my beautiful flowers. Right, right. So, (laughs) the last time I had a, 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 my yard man to uh, do the spray, I just said, you know, just use. Use uh, water without any additives. Right. All right. Well, hopefully one of those methods can work. And I think Jeff's idea of if if you don't want the the bleach on your home and you don't want to pressure wash it, the brush seems like the right thing to do. All right, folks. Let's uh, let's take a break. It's time for us to take our first break of the hour. When we come back, we'll list the top tools. Every DIYer should have, but don't know that you need it. This is going to be fun. Also, with every project, it's guaranteed you'll visit the hardware store multiple occasions. This is this is funny, but oh, so terribly true. After the break, we'll let you know why. Stay tuned. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast. AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Now, Jeff, during the break, you were explaining something. Jerry and Bay Springs are going to come to you in just a second. Jeff, what were you, what were you talking about during the break? Well, I'm sitting out here in front of one of my new constructions, one of my new builds in a subdivision, watching a home inspector. Uh-huh. Now, do not do not misunderstand me. I, I like home inspectors. I welcome home inspectors. 
So this guy, he gets Says a ladder every home off builder. His, he, he, he gets a ladder off his truck. He puts the ladder on the house, but there's no bullhorns. And what a bullhorn does, Pam, you can appreciate this. It's a standoff. It's a ladder standoff. Keeps the ladder off of the edge of the shingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and he the puts his he, he puts his ladder there, bends the shingles down, walks uh, all over the brand new roof in in the name of I'm doing a home inspection. Bummer. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I mean, you can... he, he, he's doing damage to the roof. Um, but yet he's the home inspector. Honk your horn at him, Jeff. Well, it's it's not it's not one of my houses. Okay. If it was, I, I would, but I'm not getting involved in someone else's build. Are I you just, just driving around comment. watching inspectors. What is it? I said, are you just driving around watching inspectors of other people's <laughs> homes? But, well, now, now, Pam, you, you can you can appreciate this, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, and you know that's the it's so funny, the roof inspect because every time you walk on a roof you do damage. That's right. Mm. So, in if if you're going to inspect the roof, inspect it with a drone, inspect it from the ground. If you see potential damage, let's get on the roof at that point. But let's just don't get up there and walk around and don't damage the shingles putting your ladder on the roof. I agree. Yeah, and and on gutters, there was a big thing recently right. about an inspector that put that ladder right on top of those gutters. Now, let me sure. say this: inspected like a girl. We, my one of my inspectors, she doesn't weigh a hundred pounds, smoking wet, <laughs> so she's not going to do a whole lot of damage. But you get a heavy weight on the side of that shingle, That's then right. you're going to do some damage to it. So yeah, and a lot of roof inspections. Really, the most important part of the roof inspection, in my opinion, is in the attic. Because that's where I'm going to see, are the nails through well, good you know enough? What? You know what? We have we moisture have an, staining around my flashings. Uh, so, so here we go. Pam, we have an answer to your question that you asked earlier about the metal roofs and leaves blowing into the attic. So uh, Jerry's on the line in Bay Springs. You asked about this earlier with roofs particular jerry are you with us yes i am so you were talking about this thing that pam mentioned at the top of the show which was hey i inspected a home that had a metal roof with a ridge vent which is where there's a little piece of metal that stands up over the two big pieces that 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 makes an opening for air to leave from however uh if if the wind is pushing the leaves up on that roof then it can very possibly push in those leaves into the attic without some sort of screen what is your uh synopsis of this jerry well i've put on several metal roofs both uh for myself as a contractor and for other contractors and the metal roofing places sell closer strips closure strips these are molded pieces of neoprene that go between the metal roof and the ridge cap. Now, as far as ventilation goes, I haven't seen any that are open for ventilation, and usually your ventilation is taken care of by something like a gable vent or the whirly birds up on top of the roof right? Uh, or fan-driven attic vent, something like that. But those closure strips, and I've seen this on a building that we just recently finished, uh, uh, the people didn't order the closure strips, and in just a month or so, 
there were a whole bunch of leaves up underneath that ridge cap, and uh, it can lead to problems like holding moisture and right. and sites and so forth. And and also, you know, if the, if it's not leaves, you could have rain blowing up under there, and you don't want that in your attic. That's true. Okay, so we now know that there is a specific thing that goes between that ridge vent and the metal. Yeah, it doesn't matter what uh, form the metal takes. Uh, the metal company, the metal roofing company, should have a neoprene closure strip that matches, uh, you know, like a negative uh, profile of what the roof metal is. Right. Okay. That and also in the ceiling fans. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me let me throw out an idea that I have at my house. My house, most of the main rooms in my house has a 14-foot vaulted ceiling. Mm-hmm. And uh, my house is super insulated with R21 walls and R27 to R50 roof. Right. And what I do is uh, I run my air conditioners. Uh, I just have window units, room units, because the house is so well insulated. And I don't have any ceiling fans, and I wouldn't run them if I did, because the air will stratify, and that cool air will stay down low and not go up to the ridge and not go up to the vaulted ceiling. So that keeps my lower area where we live uh, cooler, I'm thinking. Now, about the moisture, I don't know about that. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Jerry. That's uh, that. That's great. That makes sense compare or that makes sense for the caller we heard before. Thank you for uh your comment. We really appreciate it. I wanted to talk real quick about uh we were talking about Lifehacker came out with this article. It's so much fun too. That every DIY project will require three trips to the hardware store. Okay, this is this is their article. Trip number one is getting ready. You go in with your basic list, right? Tools or paint, hardware, whatever you you know need to get started. And maybe at this point you're still debating on finishes. You got a couple technical questions. Uh, this is the trip where you hammer out those kind of details, right? Okay, trip number two to the hardware store. Didn't see that coming. Your next trip comes approximately halfway through your project when you hit some unexpected snafu that you could possibly have predicted, but you didn't know it was coming before. Back to the store you go, slightly frustrated and sweaty. You go to your new list of supplies, plus the thing you forgot to get during trip number one, so it's fine because you had to go back anyway. Trip number three. Remind me why I thought this was a good idea. (laughs) Trip three is by far... The most annoying DIY hardware store trips because this is the one you really didn't see coming. You figured you got it all by the second trip. You were sure you got everything you needed during the last trip. You even got stuff in multiple brands and sizes just in case. But then some little piece broke, and, of course, it's a vital little piece. And without that little piece, this whole thing is a wasted effort, so you go back to the store to finish it up. I have taken this this one little thing, these three trips, 137,000 times in my life. And each one is annoying every time. Always. So, you remember yeah. that? You know, I just call that the grammar school of DIY. And you'll eventually graduate to junior high where you're taking less trips. And, you know, if you're really into it, some people just throw in the towel and they're done. But others, you know, like Jeff and I, we end up becoming contractors. Yeah. yeah. And then we let somebody else come up with the list and we just check their list. You know, mine is is I feel like I ought to be able to beat every problem. 
So I'll go into it thinking I'll fix this. And, you know, uh, nine hours later and, 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 and $5,000 deep into the project, I'm like, man, I may have, I may have picked on something I shouldn't have. <laughs> so that happens. I just more. want to know about your neighbor's toilet. I, you know what? I've decided to redo everything on the neighbor's toilet. I am buying go. an entire new kit, and I am. There will be nothing left on this machine but porcelain, and I'm going to rebuild it back from scratch. So that's what we're going to try now. All right, we've got a couple of calls on the line. Mary's got a comment. Uh, what to spray on the house? Shirley called in earlier, and she was worried about pressure washing, and or putting house wash on it because the the bleach element to it. So, Mary, what uh, what was your idea? Uh, there's a product called Wet It and Forget It, and it does not hurt your landscape. And it you attach it to you can attach it to the hose, uh-huh. and so it's easy for especially women who don't want to climb. You can just aim it up on your roof, on your siding, and you just wet it and literally forget it. And the rain will wash it off, and it takes care of all the mold and the mildew. Java's shaking his head. He thinks it's voodoo. He didn't believe in it. What, well, what, what we, is, we have to do it on our side. Uh, we have to do it on our house because we get uh, fined if they see any on our house. Oh, really? Oh, oh like live. an HOA thing? Um, yes, the whole the city. Okay. The city. So, so, um, so when you uh, you use this stuff, where did you find the product? Uh, you can get it at Costco or Lowe's or okay. Home Depot. Okay, okay. And what was it called again? Wet it and forget it. Wet it and forget it. It's something that you screw onto the end of your hose, kind of like a, a weed and mm-hmm. feed sort of thing? Mm-hmm, yes. Okay. And yes. You, and Just you aim it, spray it, and forget about it. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, yes. I think you just mm-hmm. you just helped a lot of people listening today, so thank you. Yeah, it helped us tremendously. It it was very frustrating. There's places you can't reach right. or that you should not even go on, like your roof, like True. we were just talking about. And so it uh, makes it easy. Okay. Well, and, it's a, and it's a good preventative. You you have to do it every year yeah. wherever you and, – and we do it in places where we get sun. We still have some growth. So Right. Okay. All right. Well, very that's simple. a great idea. Wet it and forget it. And it's great. That's it. Okay. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I, I, Thank you. I am stopping on the way home. I promise you to try yeah, to get that product. <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep going. Sue is on the line and uh, kill Michael. What's going on, Sue? Yes, Jeff. This is Sue Burns. How you doing? Hey, Jeff, uh, are you I with have... us? All right, go ahead. Okay. No, I, 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 a... I had my I had my phone muted. Oh, okay. Hey, Sue. How you doing? I have a house in Madison, and the de- the roof decking has something called a radiant shield or something. It looks like aluminum foil when oh, you're yes, in the attic. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm and very that, familiar with that. That is interfering with my phone service is what I have uh, concluded. Is that so? Well, I wish I knew the answer to that, but that product is called... Um, Radiant barrier. It, I put right. it in every one of my new builds. It it is. It costs pennies, but it it works what's, like. What's its job, like, Jeff? Like workhorses. It, it's it 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 um. Deflect it radiates pennies. the heat out of your attic a lot more efficiently than non-radiant 
OSB. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a great product. Now, is that interfering with my phone service? I guess it could. What I think I'm going to do at this point is call is call some IT guy and get them to put an antenna. You can get a a booster antenna um, that I think will help your 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 cell service. Oh, Sue, I have a show just for you. Uh, we've got a <laughs> we got a show coming up next hour called Everyday Tech, and those guys, I promise you, will will figure you a way through this issue. Now. To be quite honest, I don't think it's the foil back OSB. I put it in every one of my new builds, and I've never had an issue with my cell phone. Um, well, there's certain there's certain people, and it's in reunion, and there's certain people who have trouble with their phone reception in their house. I can go on the wow. patio or outside, yeah. and I don't have it. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think at that point I'm calling – you know, somebody like Jerry Breedlove or something to to, to he can fix it. it uh, any kind of good IT guy. There you let go. me let me weigh Do in I on mean- this too, because we have seen you know, because I've been in thousands of houses through the years, and that thermal barrier will interfere with your phone service. Really, so will insulation. So if you phone uh, your decking, it uh, does the very same thing. And so I always recommend that you do look at having some type of an antenna or an extender because that's the only way you can solve it. What you're, what you're doing is you're trying to keep that attic cool. And by doing that, you've kept the phone service from getting through there as well so it's like my satellite radio whenever in my car whenever i'm listening to it if i go under a bridge it goes blank i can't hear anything because well, that's it's what trying you to get for listening concrete. to satellite radio there lady <laughs> that'll say, teach say you again i said that's what you get for listening to satellite radio instead of mpb radio. there you go oh, no, I have, yeah true okay <laughs> So, so do I need to call in the next hour? I, you know what? I think that would be a great idea. Call Jay in the next hour, and they will walk you through how to deal with that antenna issue. Um, but but I do think that's a great idea. Okay. Uh, I'll a heck of a lot better than taking your house apart. All right. Okay. I'll do that. Thanks a lot, Sue. We appreciate it. Um, some of the things, you know, do we need to do anything, take a break here, something like that? Yeah, let's take a break real quick. Um, it's time for another break. When we come back, we'll be going over some home server maintenance checklists and answering more of your DIY questions. So, uh, stay tuned. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspector Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's program... 
You can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. All right, folks, uh, we were talking earlier about some uh, DIY projects, the fact that uh, a lot of times requires three trips to finish one of these things. However, everybody knows when you go out to get tools, you know, you've got to have your hammer, your screwdriver, your basics, right? Everybody knows your basics, uh, tools that every DIYer should have. But did you know that you need these tools? So so while you're out buying the hammer and screwdriver that you think you'll use a lot, buy some of these things because it'll really help you out with actual projects around your home. Okay, ready? The first one you can't make fun of, but it's real, a stud finder. To find the stud in a wall to be able to hang a picture properly or to uh, – I even hang a, uh, I hung a, uh, a stair banister – but you have to use the studs in the wall to to give it the strength that it needs. So something that you need is a stud finder, an impact driver, or uh, or, or something similar like a, a, a electric screwdriver. This is, by the way, when you go to the store and you buy yourself a Phillips head screwdriver, and then you go to start repairing things with Phillips head screws, you realize your forearm is only so strong for so long. That's why electric drivers exist, cordless drivers exist. You're going to need a pair of pliers, uh, a steel square. It's called a framing square. All it does is it gives you, like, angles. And the best one it gives you is a perfect right angle, which you'll almost never achieve without it. Uh, A screwdriver with adjustable bits because you need different ones. You need an extension cord. Grab one of those while you're there. They're always usable. A level, so like when you do your paintings in your house, you can hang them and they actually be straight and no one can tell you otherwise because they've been on a level. Also, an adjustable wrench. This thing is like, you know, if someone says, do you have do you have a wrench or, uh, or a monkey wrench or whatever you want to call it, you want an adjustable wrench so they can use it on any size uh, nut. All right, so there goes that. I wanted to let you guys know that we've got uh, – uh, lines open at 877-MPB-RING, and I've got a, a uh, email right here. You guys ready? Paint for steps made of pressure-treated wood. Hi, we've never had paint to last on our steps made of pressure-treated wood. Last about a year. Do you have any suggestions? Thanks, Kate. So she's got steps made of pressure-treated wood, and she likes them painted, but the paint comes off every year. Any ideas? Okay, you guys just want me to handle this one or what? <laughs> Pam, are you asleep at the wheel? I know. I'm sorry. I was, well, I was thinking about those steps. I had a friend of mine send me a, uh, he's got one of those ring doorbells, and he's an avid gardener, and he was walking out to, he was walking out his steps, and his ring doorbell got this video, and he sent it to me, and he hit that first step, and because it's in the shade, he slid down the whole row. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. And, of course, it was funny. He wasn't hurt, thank God. Right. So I was thinking about those pressure-treated steps, and I'm like, oh, be so careful about painting those because that will make them so very slippery. Right. Um, there's some products out there that you can use that will give you some grip on that. That's always my concern on exterior steps of any kind is having an adequate rail and then making sure that they're not going to be slippery because we could go back to our conversation about mildew on the outside of a house right 
Right. And Especially on top of pain is that they're not preparing and letting that those steps dry out adequately. So anything you put on there, not adhering to it. Uh huh. So, you know, I'm going back to maybe you want to think about instead of painting them, putting something on them to keep you from falling down. them. OK, um, uh, but, Jeff, what, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I, I agree with Pam 100%. Pressure-treated wood is wet. Uh, Pressure-treated wood has to dry before we can paint it. Right. Um, in our new construction, we use pressure-treated wood on our garage jam legs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, we're not walking on those, so right. the paint is not as much abuse. I think, I think at this point I'm going to my paint store, and I'm telling them, look, guys, I've got a piece of pressure treated wood i cannot keep the paint on it uh i think they're going to have a product that that's going to work fine i think you're going to prime it and then i think you're going to paint it with a deck paint right uh, and then i'm going to do just like pam said let's get some wing walk material or something that's going to give me some grip because it it it, it is with that with that painted surface, that step is going to become slick, and especially if, you, if it gets any moisture on it at all. Right. And, uh, Kate, if you have, uh, if you go to just about any paint store, uh, they can tell you, uh, and what I mean by that is a store that's dedicated to selling paint, not everything else. Right. Uh, go to a paint store, and they can even put grit into certain types of paints that you may like. Uh, that will work better for you. They can tell you what kind of paint, and then, yes, they can put the grit into the paint if if you so want to. So, anyway. Well, that's let idea. me mention something, too, because something that, that I have seen that is really a terrible product for this area. Oh. And, uh, yeah, just be so careful in coming in on a – I think it would work on the composite boards that Jeff likes to use with his decks – but on a pressure-treated board that goes mm-hmm. down on a deck, if you come back in, there's a product. And my buddy up in Canada, this island I go to every year, he has this fabulous product that actually encapsulates that wood. Yeah. It works fantastic in Canada. So I'm thinking I'm spending my summers up there. I'll come down and put this on my deck. Really bad idea. Because oh, no. what it did is it encapsulated the moisture on the inside of that wood and it rotted from the inside out. Once right. again, we're back to our very high dew point here. So make sure that the product that you get is specific to a very high humid climate. Interesting. Are you going to really, you'll rot those steps out so fast, they'll be gone in a year if you try to encapsulate them in a, in a really thick type of paint that is really four decks up north. Right. <laughs> Um, thank you very much. We, I, I appreciate that. And thank you, Kate, for the email. That was, uh, that's right on. When I move to, if you want to make a call, by the way, it's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, I've got another one here, another email that came in uh, this weekend. Good morning. This is, boy, this one strikes at the core of what we do here on this show. So you guys listen up. Good morning. A relative in another state has a leak under his slab. He has used several different plumbers each time telling them what he wants them to do 
rather than asking for their input on the problem. In addition, to save money, he has dug a trench under the house only to find out when he hired yet another plumber that the trench was not to the proper specs. My question is, has he sabotaged the, has he sabotaged the project by, quote, helping, or do professionals appreciate DIY input? And I'm going to start on Jeff on that one because I can't wait to hear it. Jeff, <laughs> what well, do you think? Okay, first of all, if he has a slab leak and it... Uh, uh, it would be nice to know if it was fresh water or sewer water. Nevertheless, if that leak has caused physical damage to anything above that slab, call your insurance company. It is most likely covered. Yay. Secondly, the last thing a homeowner needs to do is tell the professional how to do their job. I was waiting you on wouldn't that. Go, you wouldn't go to your doctor and tell him how to do his job. You wouldn't go to your attorney and tell him how to do his job or her job. So let the professionals, if you trust them enough to hire them, let them do their job. Um, digging a trench under my house, I'm not getting that. Um, is this, a, well, it's not a conventional because he said it was a slab leak. Right. So I'm not understanding the trench. So, yeah, I think the best thing for the homeowner to do is, is hire a qualified professional and uh, call my insurance company. Right. So, so do you think? To be honest with you, let me ask this: If if I call, say, a plumber out, should I tell as a, as a homeowner? Should I tell the plumber? I think I know where it is, or hey, I've got a water oh, leak. Yes, please. Yes, share all the information that you have. You, you know the homeowner knows the situation better than any of us that, that show up and we've been in the house for right. 15 minutes. Once that's done, then let the professionals do their job. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. All right, let's uh, keep going to the phone. Chuck is on the line on the road. What's going on, Chuck? Uh, got a answer for the paint you want for these steps. Oh, Again. for outside pressure-treated steps? Yeah, again, you're right. You got to have it dried out, and uh, I've used a, uh, a, a a blowing dryer type setup before on steps. But the tacky uh, paint that you use on swimming pool steps, uh-huh. oh. uh huh, is extremely waterproof and is wow. very tacky. So that will that'll hang in there. Now that's a great idea. Color, may not get the color you want, but. Uh, you know, it will protect them, and uh, it won't peel off, and it's not susceptible to uh, uh, a lot of water. But you do have to get the top surface completely covered better the whole surface. Otherwise, it's going to absorb through the bottom, and, of course, you get water underneath it, it's not going to do well. But right. if, you can, uh, if you can get it uh, covered well, or maybe as you're putting it down, cover it, paint it, it works real well. It'll it'll last about five or six years, in, in my experience. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate it. I didn't know there you're was... Welcome. I didn't even consider like a a product made for the pool outside and lots of water, lots of moisture. That seems well, like a good idea. And it's used like in baptismals too. If okay. You think about it, you know, so that you got some texture on the step there. Right. So uh, it's a good product. So if you look for that, that's I don't remember the name, but I know I know it's worked well for me. So Great. Give it a shot. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate it. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464.
uh, is the number to call. Let's go ahead and do uh, another email we got in. This one was from Wednesday of last week. I have insulation-looking particles being blown into my house through my duct work. I have had duct work several times. Uh, is there an instrument that can go through the duct work and check these boots and duct work for cracks that could be pulling up dust and insulation from the crawl space? Which yes. Guys? Yes, there is. <laughs> well, and if it's coming from the crawl space, too, and I've talked about, I mean, I'm just preaching to the choir, but those boots, if they're not sealed at the floor, you are bringing air from your crawl space into your house. And so you can actually, this is a DIY project. Project You can go into the ducting area in your large box stores, look for a product that's called a mastic tape or a butter. It comes in a tub and you can take those grills off of the floor and seal them up at the edges and put that grill right back down on there. And that should clear it up unless you go down into your crawl space and the ductwork is detached. Most of the ductwork, I'm going to say 99% of the time when I do an inspection of ductwork in a crawl space, there's been an animal down there. <laughs> right. That, I'm just going to mention that. Animals and, love, you know, to tear that ductwork and get, get some of that, Nice, warm. warm air winter. Right. Oh, uh, and then in the summer, they like to, uh, because the ductwork is condensating, it's moisture, and they're, they're, they're thirsty. And so what they do is that they get down in there, and then they put a bulletin that there's a party in the crawl space down at 236. And yeah. everybody comes, and they party. Man, they're having a good time. Right. And they just tear it all up. So it's so important to get that crawl space sealed up if your ductwork is down there, which to me is not such a good idea here in the South, but we do it anyway. And then if you don't seal it up, you're getting more. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you've got insulation particles coming up, Mm -hmm. you got a lot more coming up, too. Okay. Okay. That's a good, that's great to know. Thank you. All right. Robert's on the line in New Albany, and he's got a, uh, uh, an idea for the pressure treated steps. What's going on, Robert? Not a lot, just um, going from one job to the next. There you um, go. I, I found um, over the years, I've used different brands of paints, and I'm really sold on the Sherwin-Williams exterior deck paints. Uh-huh. Uh, to make it non-skid, Sherwin-Williams has some packs of ground-up walnut shells. Huh, that you put in the paint? That you mix in with the paint. I've done that to my parents' um, deck and walkway 15 years ago, and it's still holding up. Really? That's fantastic. Okay, that's a a great idea. So you're saying one that you're using is a Sherwin-Williams product that has ground walnut shells in it. Yes, you buy the packs of walnut shells to to add into the paint right before you use it, Mm -hmm. and it gives it a real rough texture, even... When ice is on the um, ground, yeah, it it's rough enough that you don't slip. That's fantastic! Wow, you know we've learned a couple of products on this show that we've not heard of before. That's pretty neat. Uh, thank you very much. We we appreciate your call, Robert. Okay, I, like I said, I've used um, other brands of paints, but the paints don't hold up as well as Sharon Williams does. Uh huh. I'm not promoting Sharon Williams. Everybody has their own, you know, preference right. on paints. But from my experience, the Sharon Williams paints 
on the deck paints hold up longer. Okay. Well, from from someone who uses them, uh, what seems like quite a lot, uh, I guess a great endorsement. There we go. Um, so are you guys working on anything else in particular? I, I got a Whopper at home uh, this weekend. My, I came home one day, and my wife had painted two cabinet doors different colors. Uh, so she was trying out some colors. So I have a ginormous project ahead of me of painting <laughs> the kitchen cabinets. So I, I'm just waiting on that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, let me give you a, a little bit of advice on that. Because uh-huh. are you going to take those cabinet doors off? To oh do yes. That? Oh yes. Number them so Ooh. that you know where they go. And then I'm going to tell you, I've never taken a cabinet. And Jeff, you can tell me if there's a secret to this. I've never taken a cabinet door off and painted it and put it back up and it closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to have to do some some adjustment. But, but yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I've done that before. It's not fun. And you, you put the same door back into the same place with the same screws into the same holes. Right. And, and it, it still doesn't close. Right. Right. It's still. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess no. they eventually get into that where they kind of fall into place or you bend them like that. I don't know. I don't know. But well, I'll, now. I'll now, be doing Jake, it either way. Are, are you going to brush or are you going to spray? I'm going to pray. <laughs> well, I understand that. I'm going to pray for you as well. Thank you. But when you physically get down to doing it, how are you going to do that? Well, however she tells me. The show's over, brother. Fix It 101 <laughs> is a production of he Mississippi not- Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pivas, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next weekend, Wednesday at 9, for Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio.